You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 19th, 2018. My name is Phil Prosser, and I can be expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. I want to thank everyone for letting me take a Monday off or a Monday show off. I did my surprise mailbag on Friday. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Got a chance to listen to it several times uh, as now we get back into the driver's seat here and it is draft week. Big week coming up. We'll finish up our last prospects that we want to review and talk about. Starting with tomorrow's episode, I'll talk about Marvin Bagley the third, as well as Mohamed Bamba on tomorrow's episode. I'll just say that flat out right here. Those will be the last two major prospects that we need to talk about. Thursday, for Thursday's episode, I'll be recording this Wednesday night. Thursday's episode, we'll be chatting with Ricky Skricka. He's been helping us out with draft coverage on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Really up to date on all the prospects up and down the draft. So we'll have you completely covered for the NBA draft this week. So Thursday's episode, block out an hour for yourself before the NBA draft as Ricky and I will talk all about the Magic's draft strategy and what to expect from the NBA draft that day. Lots to get to as well. Uh, though today, on today's episode, I want to talk about some odds and ends with the Magic. We've got an injury to report. We've got uh, new training staff to report as well. And then I'll talk a little bit about Jeff Weltman's media availability. He spoke to the media for the final time before the NBA draft, so we'll talk about my takeaways from that on today's episode. But uh, just a couple of odds and ends, some loose ends to tie up today. Uh, I just want to make sure I get their mention, uh, get, just discuss them very, very briefly So there's because there's not a whole lot to say, and we want to focus, of course, our attention on the NBA draft. But it did come out last week or was made official or officially announced last week that Jonathan Simmons did indeed have surgery on his wrist after the season ended. He apparently tore a ligament in his wrist. Uh, You may recall that toward the end of the season last year, he missed the last, I think, 12 games with a wrist injury. He seemed to suggest that if the team were in the playoffs, he probably would have played through it. He seemed eager to get back to the court. That never happened. No reason to rush him back anyway. But it appears that the injury was a bit more serious than, than everyone anticipated, or at least than was originally reported. Simmons popped up on some Instagram photos. He's vacationing right now with his family, and he deserves to, so I'm not going to fault him too I'm not going to be complain about it too much. Um, definitely take your vacation, Jay Sims. Uh, but photos surfaced with him in a cast. He's been in a cast now for a while, and so it's not particularly clear when Jonathan Simmons is going to get back onto the court uh, and when he'll be able to uh, get back to basketball-related activity. Certainly, it'll be uh, before... Uh, before the season begins, but this is obviously some valuable time for Simmons. Um, you know, as much as we want to talk uh, about the Magic and how much they struggled and, and how much difficulty they had, Jonathan Simmons was a big, big success story, I thought, throughout the season. Uh, he had some big games, obviously, uh, had some inconsistencies as well, but considering where he came from in San Antonio, where he was barely playing, was, was really a bit player to becoming almost a full-time starter, was mostly a full-time starter for the majority of the season uh, with Terrence Ross's injury, and then, of course, Terrence Ross volunteering to go to the bench at the beginning of the season. Um, Simmons really burst out, and, and I don't think we get enough credit for that. Um, you know, he he played more minutes this year than he had in his, nearly, in, that he had in his two seasons previously combined. Um, it was something that we really talked with him about, I think, in, in February was when we really started to ask him about this. Like, you know, you're about to hit your minutes mark from last year. 
is there any different? Do you feel any different? And Simmons admitted that, yeah, he did feel a little bit fatigued. Um, and, and honestly, a big part of this summer for him was going to be building up that stamina to make it through an entire season, playing heavy minutes, doing something that he had never done before and had only done uh, really for the first time last season. And so the wrist injuries, obviously, you can't do anything about it. But what is certainly disappointing about it is that Simmons will not be able to get that work in to build up his stamina. Now, obviously, maybe he knows, maybe it's not so much stamina you need to build up. It's more understanding how to get yourself through the season, when to take breaks, when to when to take care of your body, and how to take care of your body. Um, it, it's, it's, a real, it's a real concern. It's a real thing, I think, with Simmons um, last year that he struggled to... To, to, to know what to do almost, and it's not his fault, it's not, this is not, not a knock on him, he almost didn't know how to get himself through an entire season at the level that he was playing at. Now he has that experience, he has one year in the bank of that, and this is something rookies go through too, it's the, it's the infamous rookie wall. I think Simmons did hit a little bit of a wall, um, That's that explains a lot of his inconsistency, or at least part of the reason why. He was so inconsistent. So, a little disappointing, disappointing um, nothing you can do about it, of course, but a little disappointing that he is not able to get through those, get through those workouts and continue to improve his game. He's, he's 29 years old, but he's still got plenty of room to improve and plenty of room to grow and is clearly a pretty important player for the Magic. I'm, I mean, I, I don't know if we all see him as a starter. I think we all agree that he works better as a sixth man. Um, I don't know if he agrees with that, but I certainly think that he works better as a sixth man coming off the bench, kind of leading the charge there. Uh, but um, you want to see him in the gym. You want to see him working. And unfortunately, he cannot do that at the moment. So uh, just wanted to get that, get those thoughts out there and, and talk a little bit about that. The bigger news, however, on, uh, on uh, what day was it? Monday? I forget which day it is already. The bigger news on Monday, of course, is the Magic officially announced the hiring of their new athletic training staff. Uh, I assume they've been there for a little little while, just like I think most of the assistant coaching staff has already been with the Magic for a little while. We'll talk about the assistant coaching staff more when that announcement is official. Um, I don't want to assume that any of the names that are floating out there are actually there, um, but it does seem like a lot of that Charlotte staff is is going to Orlando with Steve Clifford, um, or at least people who have worked with Steve Clifford in Charlotte. Uh, and it does look like that the Magic are still looking for one more assistant coach before they announce that full staff. And, and I imagine it will be done before Summer League, or at least at least a good chunk of the staff will be named uh, publicly before Summer League, since one of them is probably going to be coaching the team. Having said that, uh, this is a big deal. Um, you know, you're not going to know these names. We're not going to be able to really judge and say, oh, this guy clearly is the right choice. This guy's clearly the wrong choice. This is the kind of thing where the public doesn't understand uh, really what is entailed in a lot of these jobs. And, and frankly, I think the Magic have kind of invented titles that make it a little harder to say, okay, this is exactly what this guy does. Or I, I get exactly what this guy does. Um, that's that's really not what's going on here. But the Magic do have a new training staff, which means a new group that is overseeing the health and well-being of these players and, and getting them prepared for games, getting them healthy, getting them rehabbed, all that stuff. This is all under high-performance director David Tenney, who, have, who was, of course, hired last year. Um, the Magic, of course, let go most of their training staff at the end of the season. It seemed like it was uh, a cleaning house, a clearing house, or a cleaning house, just to kind of get guys that, that kind of have the same mindset that Tenney has. Maybe just to refresh blood. I mean, I, I've kind of said that it's it's almost like um, chemotherapy in, in ways with this organization. Sometimes you lose some good blood cells to kill the bad ones and and, and kill some of the culture and, and, and not just you know I don't want to get into too much of the details uh, from everything I understand 
The Magic's previous staff did a fantastic job. They've been there for a long time. It just may have been time for some new faces. So who are these new faces? Well, Ernest Eugene will be the team's head athletic trainer. He comes from uh, Virginia Tech. He was the assistant athletic director of personal training for the Hokies, um, overseeing, I would imagine, the entire uh, athletic department's training program. So that is, I think, an interesting background to have. He's a doctor as well, I believe. Um, he worked. He previously worked as the head athletic trainer for Marquette for the Marquette basketball team before that, and was also an assistant athletic trainer for the Washington Wizards. Um, so he does have some NBA experience, uh, um, but and and some big organizational experience as well. So so interest. Uh, so Ernest Eugene is now the team's head athletic trainer. The other interesting hire is Luke Story. He is the he is also uh, listed as the head athletic trainer. Um, Story, though, I think, or comes from a very interesting background. I think he's more of a performance director um, in, in, in the line that the Tenny, Tenny has in mind. He comes from the famed P3 lab in California. If you don't know what P3 is, Aaron Gordon's actually worked out there. They do very, very advanced measurements of athletic ability. Um, they are uh, among the kind of cutting edge of of athletic training and uh, and 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 just measuring just the pure athleticism of these players. In fact, uh, they measured. Uh, There's an article that was written uh, two years ago now. They measured Aaron Gordon as having the fastest lateral quickness of any player they'd ever seen, and it was just they're very very hyper focused on doing basketball movements and and measuring your athleticism in, in a real basketball sense, not just you know like how fast can you run a forty, how high can you jump. It's very much there. They're very into like measuring, like like why is Aaron Gordon's second jump so good? Uh, how does that rank? How do we improve that performance? Um, they've worked a lot with Kyle Korver, helped extend his career, um, really helped him with his jumper, which is kind of hard to say, kind of amazing to say. They're really good at creating interesting workouts to kind of emphasize the athletic traits that they're looking to build, and and they're very cutting edge. Uh, and so I think this hire, especially, is very much in line with Tenney's background. Um, if you don't, if you remember back when they hired Tenney last year, I mentioned this. David Tenney started a sports science conference while he was the high performance director for the Seattle Sounders. Um, they were very much on the cutting edge of looking at biometric data. Uh, you know, I think I think Tenney and the Sounders were one of the first teams to implement the Catapult system, which I know the Magic used for a while. I think they use a different company now, but Catapult essentially tracks um, tracks data uh, X, Y, and Z, so both left, right, back, forward, and up, down. So three-dimensionally, they track data to, to see how, how much players are moving, how much force players are exerting as they move, as they jump, as they do all these things. Um, Tenny, Tenny's been at the forefront of a lot of this stuff um, as far as implementing it with, with teams, uh, and P3 has been kind of on the, on the forefront of it for the athletic training, for the private athletic training market. So um, the Magic adding two guy, adding at least one guy here, I would imagine two guys, who very much believe in kind of the same things that Tenny believes in as far as training and athleticism uh, and, and measuring it and, and figuring out, you know, what you can do with all of that data. That's, that's something that's still very much uh, 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 in its infancy here uh, in, in the sports world as they look at biometric data, as they look at bio data uh, to, to help athletes perform better. Um, you know, I, I say this all the time, injuries are random. Uh, a new training staff doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's going to be healthier. You could still lose a lot of games to injury, even if you have the best training staff in the world. Uh, but certainly helping with recovery, certainly helping with rehab, certainly helping build strength and stamina, 
that's a big part of what these guys are going to do. Um, we'll see exactly how well it works, uh, of course. But, you know, it's a big hire. It's a big piece of the team. It's a big part of the team that has been missing for a while. They, they've had some guys in the back, don't get me wrong. But it seemed like the Magic really cleared house. And so uh, they've got now this big piece in place and obviously big hires as well. So definitely a good sign for Orlando. It is draft week, though, and we cannot talk this week uh, on any episode of Locked on Magic without mentioning the NBA draft. It is finally draft week Thursday. The NBA draft takes place at 7 p.m. I'll be down at the Amway Center Thursday, so I'll have an episode Friday for you talking all about the Magic's draft pick. We'll hear from the draft pick himself. I'm sure he'll be calling in from New York. We'll hear from Jeff Weltman as well about the picks that the Magic have made. I'll probably talk with uh, with with someone in the Amway Center. We'll do we'll do another live episode, do some live reaction there as well. So lots to get to here with the NBA draft coming up. But I wanted to start this week or start today with with more of a macro look at the draft. Jeff Weltman, of course, was available to the media had his had his press conference before the NBA draft on Monday. We'll hear from him in just a moment. But undoubtedly, this is an important draft for the Orlando Magic. This is a draft that has the potential to really change the direction of the franchise history. Not in the same way that that having the number one pick would or, or having one of those top picks would, but this is a draft that the Magic absolutely feel like they have to get right. They absolutely have to feel like the player that they're going to get is going to be an impactful, important player for this team moving forward. This is not a draft where the Magic can afford to sit on the sideline and not get someone and, and get maybe just a role player or get just a guy who's going to fit in with the core they already have. Because frankly, they don't really have a core. Outside of Jonathan Isaac and yeah, probably Aaron Gordon, everything else is up in the air. And so the Magic today are in the position where they have to take the best player available and Weltman seems to agree. I think I think the way the league is changing changes the way that you look at everything. You know, we, we, we are constantly in flux. This league is really shifting and, and uh, the idea of small ball, the idea of, of the valuing the, the three point shot, um, but it's still basketball and you know you still need uh, um, a variety of elements to be successful. So so yeah, I mean it's skewing that way and you kind of get creative with you know, we want switchable defenders, we want three-point shooters, we want guys that can, uh, you know, shoot off the dribble, get to the free-throw line, but it's still basketball. You know, you, you still, you know, positional size and toughness and basketball IQ, these are all places where um, every team wants to get better. That's not likely to provide any clues on which direction the Magic would go. And of course, Jeff Wellman's not about to tip his hand in this grand game of poker that's called the NBA Draft. Are the Magic going to go with a guard? Are the Magic going to go with a big? Are the Magic going to stock up on long, lengthy players? Are they going to take a chance on a shooting on a shooter who may not have those physical skills like a Trey Young? Are they going to go after another forward like a Michael Porter Jr.? Do they want a player that's maybe got a lot, a little bit of development left to go like Muhammad Bamba? Are they going to go after someone that can make an immediate impact like maybe a Wendell Carter Jr. could? None of that stuff was going to get sorted out on on. Monday, of course. There's still a little bit of ways to go in the process. As Weltman said on Monday, 
now is the time that things start to get a little bit more serious. You have your rankings and your re-rankings and your re-rankings of those re-rankings. And the staff begins to sort out what is actually going to be available to them, both among the prospects that will be there when they pick at 6, as well as when they pick at 35 and 41, but also the trade opportunities that will be there. Jeff Weltman, as most GMs do this time of year, confirmed that they're looking at moving up and moving down and, and exploring everything in the draft. Weltman added that it is about this time of, time of the year, about this time of the process, where they begin to figure out which talks they're having are serious and which talks are not, which talks are just information gathering or just you know idle discussion. There's obviously a lot of work to do, still a lot of work to do, and the Magic have, have, appar- have at least to Weltman's account, been putting in a lot of hours to get there. There's a lot of gambles and a lot of decisions to make. So as, as you pull that, that scale back and you, and you start looking at this draft class as a whole, you do see a draft class that is very good and very talented in its own right. You do see a class that is capable of producing seven, eight potential stars, enough enough for the Magic to get one at six, regardless of how the draft shakes out. But there's, there's risk in it too, and everyone seems to know it. Not every player is perfect, and what pick the Magic make is ultimately about how Weltman and his staff balance those risks. Take Trey Young, for example, a popular pick for the Magic. Here's a guy who can create his own shot, score at will, it seems, and, and warp a defense just by his presence, but lacks the size to play strong defensively, isn't considered a good defender, potential turnover turnover machine. And yeah, there are even some questions about his ability to get a shot off against NBA defenses. By the same token, there's those same questions about Muhammad Bamba. While he possesses fantastic defensive length and fantastic shot-blocking instincts, there are questions about his motor, his athletic ability, his lateral quickness, and his very raw offensive game. You can go down the line with every draft pick in the same way, whether it's Marvin Bagley, whether it's Luka Doncic, whether it's DeAndre Ayton, whether it's Jaron Jackson Jr. Every player in this draft carries some type of risk. And how you weigh and judge those risks, what you're willing to stomach, what you're willing to do, will determine whether you've made a good pick or not. Of course, ultimately, so will the development that that player goes through within your program. Now, Weltman added as well that while they wanted to get more players in and, and the, Magic's interview, the Magic's workout list seemed to be just Trey Young, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Colin Sexton, and Kevin Knox. The Magic were able to get those guys for workouts. They wanted to get more, but that's just not how the system played out. That's not how, the, the, how things played out this year. They were, though, able to talk to plenty more prospects than were made public, either by FaceTime or through other means. Remember, last year the Magic drafted Jonathan Isaac without conducting an individual workout for him. They met him in South Florida, I believe, for a for an interview. This is all to say that there is still a lot that's uncertain about this draft, both from the fan perspective looking at it and probably also internally. I'm sure by now they've gone through their list so many times that they have a pretty good idea of who they hope is available at six. But they'll also be nimble and open enough to explore other opportunities. But 
to make this perfectly clear, to wrap this up in a bow, the Magic know that this is an opportunity. An opportunity to get a very good player. A foundational player that will make this team better in the long run. I think this is a draft that a lot of the guys whose business it is to know these kids at the earliest ages have been flagging this class for a while. And, um, you know, we've kind of felt that way throughout the season. And as we have these guys in for workouts and get to know them, feel uh, more strongly than ever that this will be a deep draft and that we will get a quality player. Of course, only time will tell on that front. No one can predict which player in the NBA draft is going to bust and which one's going to star. No one thought Donovan Mitchell was going to be this good. No one thought Jaleel Okafor would fail that bad. So, the draft carries with it risk, but this is a draft that many are excited about. This is a draft that the Magic should be excited about, and even at six, the Magic should get a very, very good player. And that sets the table for what's going to come this Thursday when the NBA draft takes place and the Magic find out exactly who they are fated to, po- to pin their hopes and dreams upon. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Remember, you can go back and check out the surprise mailbag edition where I answer a lot of draft questions specifically about the Magic and what the Magic might do or should do or could do uh, on Friday's episode of Locked on Magic. So be sure to go back into the archives and check that out. You can find those on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can also check me out on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Check out the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast as well as the Locked On NBA podcast network. You can find that on iTunes to get all your coverage of every team. Trying to figure out if the Atlanta Hawks will take uh, will take Trey Young. Check out Locked On Hawks. Uh, I've got in the queue a fantastic interview, I am sure, with Locked On Heat and the immortal Doris Burke. Be sure to listen to that too as well. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Our Ricky Scricca posted his final big board for the Orlando Magic on Orlando Magic Daily. Definitely a controversial one. He's not the biggest DeAndre Ayton fan, but some good information in there as well. We'll talk to him about that on Thursday's episode of the show. We got plenty of draft coverage coming too. Our player profile series continues. Uh, I listed a couple trades that the Magic could possibly target or some teams that the Magic could target in a trade to move up or down in this draft. Uh, we've got opinion columns, we got analysis, we got everything you could want at orlandomagicdaily.com. So be sure to check that out or follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.